today on the Harrison Barnes podcast. Anytime you're working for someone else, you have to be externally focused and it can't be about you. How to answer the tell me about yourself interview question. Good morning, Harrison. Good morning. Let's talk about the big interview questions. Uh, you know, you've owned a business for many years now. I'm sure you've interviewed many people to hire onto the company over that time. Uh, we're going to talk about the tell me about yourself interview question. But before we get into that, I thought maybe an interesting way to start would be to talk about, well, maybe some of the more memorable interviews you've had over the years in terms of what not to do in an interview. I'm sure you've seen some pretty um, hilarious faux pas over the years. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in, in terms of, you know, when, when someone interviews someone, I mean, the important thing to remember is the, the interviewer is, is very eager to hire someone. I mean, they, they always, you know, they want, they want to hire someone and they want to, um, you know, because they have a need and they're, they're losing money or they're not getting work done or they're stressed. And, you know, so the funniest thing is when people do come in for interviews, they just say and do the wrong things. I mean, I had one guy, uh, you know, bring his dog into the interview and I've had, um, you know, I've had other people, um, you know, say that they, you know, read something negative about the company or something online or, you know, just various things that they were looking for something short term to do or, you know, it's just when it was a permanent job or, you know, they were trying to be sold on the job uh, when, you know, you hadn't really made up your mind about it yet. So, I mean, there's just a lot of things that people do wrong. And um, I've certainly seen a a lot of, uh, you know, very funny things. But, you know, the, the sad thing is, is that, you know, a lot of times when people come in for jobs, I mean, they end up talking the employer out of hiring them without even realizing why they're doing it. So let's talk about the tell me about yourself question. This is what I think everyone encounters uh, during an interview. And people don't seem to really understand what the interviewer is asking when they're asking that question. They're not looking for a long soliloquy about one's life or one's life story. They're really trying to get inside your head to see if you're prepared for the job. But people often don't seem to understand that. Can you talk a little bit about the mistakes people make when they get the tell me about yourself question? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is, I mean, the the employer is looking for reasons to, you know, when they're asking to tell me about yourself, they're looking for your understanding of the job. So, you know, you have to be saying things that are, you know, related to uh, why you're really a good fit for the job when they ask you to tell me about yourself. So, you know, some of the examples I gave is uh, when I asked someone, you know, I was interviewing them for a warehouse job where they were going to be in charge of carrying paper and, you know, operating printers. You know, they started talking about how they had back problem. Uh, you know, I had another one, you know, and I think you asked earlier about a, a funny story. I noticed a gap. I've had this happen twice where I've noticed gaps on people's resumes and they ended up telling me they've been in prison. <laughs> you know, anybody that any job that you're interviewing for, the person's going to want a lot of enthusiasm and, you know, they're not going to want to hire someone who, you know, is, is, is not enthusiastic or not willing to work hard. And so anytime you talk about a desire for lots of free time and that sort of thing, it's usually not a good idea. Yeah. People, you want to hear, um, can you do the job? And trying to tell a story that illustrates whether or not you can do the job is really important. Not going at length about, you know, the problems that you've had with your family or some recent vacation or something like, don't get distracted. And I guess also what employers want to know about is, is do you actually want to do this job? And it's really important for you to try and come up with some kind of, of story or anecdote to illustrate 
you know, why you're going to be capable in this position. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that, about the kinds of things that you can describe to an employer to illustrate how you really want to do this job for them? Well, I think, you know, one of the things, you know, especially, you know, when you watch like, uh, you know, any, anytime you see someone that's kind of unemployed and having a hard time in a, uh, in, in some position in their life, uh, you know, and then they're going in for a job interview and there's all these things wrong with them. One of the biggest things you can say to an employer or, or do to get a position is to really, you know, communicate to that employer that it's it's extremely important for you to have that job and that, you know, that you have a family to support or you have, you know, you have um, obligations or you really want the job or it's it's something that's meaningful to you and you've you've learned from any mistakes you've made in the past and you know anything that can make the employer feel like you're going to go there and really commit to the to the position and the problem that so many people make you know when they go into interviews is they just they kind of act like they need to be sold and they're going to need to you know someone needs to you know sell them on the job and any employer regardless of you know what the job is you know they're going to want people that are going to commit to the job and you know it's really more important for every employer to have someone who's committed to the work and really wants the work than someone that may have the talent to do the work but isn't there uh, you know people that don't want the job are you know will will bring down everyone around them and it's just not a good idea you know the thing that happens a lot of times is if you hire someone if an employer hires someone that doesn't want the job then that employee is going to tell, you know, everybody around them, you know, that it's not a good job, that there's, you know, that there's problems with it and they could do this and they can make more money doing that. And, and, you know, a lot of times if you're overqualified for a job, that's why you're not hired. There's a famous scene in uh, the movie Kramer versus Kramer where, uh, you know, the father's getting a divorce and he needs to get a position, uh, you know, very, very quickly. And Meryl Streep is the mother and she's suing him for divorce and trying to get custody. And he goes into a, a company uh, during a Christmas party and it's a position that's well, you know, well beneath his pay grade. And, you know, he sits down with them and he sells them that he just, even though it's not the, the best job and he could make more money elsewhere, he really wants the job. So that's really one of the most important things. And, you know, when you're trying to sell an employer and why you want something that you really want the job. Yeah. And ideally you're interviewing for a job that you really do want. I mean, this isn't always going to be possible in your life. You you know, you might have to take a job sometimes uh, out of desperation because you just really need to work. But I mean, ideally if you're in a career and you're trying to advance in that career, you're selecting places that you really want to work. And you should really understand that before you even walk into the building. Right. I mean, when you think about interviews that you've had in the past, I mean, do you think it's been helpful for you to act like you wanted them? Absolutely. And, you know, for the many media jobs that I've had over the years, um, I always wanted them. I mean, and, you know, I've been usually a lover of the particular radio or TV station that I was applying for. We could come up with some anecdote about having seen it as a kid or something along those lines or, or as a young adult and, and wanted to wanted to be here, wanted to be part of the team. And I, I, I always did well in interviews for that reason. I rarely never kind of struck out, as it were. And I think it was because, I mean, in fact, as I we're kind of referencing an article here you wrote at your own blog you told a story about one of your first jobs that you had where um you referenced the fact that uh you really wanted to work at this law firm because there was a little bit of family history attached to that that was at uh was it uh dewey ballantyne was the one of the first um uh, firms that you worked at yeah that's true yeah exactly so another thing about taking jobs is trying to understanding the culture that you're walking into whether or not you're going to fit into that culture it's um 
it's not always an, an easy thing to figure out, but, you know, especially um, in the legal industry, they're often you know, firms are very clicky. They're uh, of particular kinds of people, maybe from a particular race, racial or religious background or from the same kind of schools, et cetera. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how it's important for you to understand um, whether or not you're going to fit into this place before you even interview and then to kind of illustrate how you are going to fit in to this particular um, law firm or, or or job more broadly? Yeah, I mean, every law firm, uh, you know, in, for the most part has a, a culture. You know, one law firm I'm thinking of that I, uh, you know, worked in once, I mean, I, I realized uh, that all the partners were you know, Catholic men uh, that, you know, went to church every Sunday, which, you know, I certainly wouldn't have realized when I was interviewing. Um, and, but, you know, I realized that later and uh, that was, you know, had something to do kind of with the culture and the way people were, uh, you know, other law firms are, you know, predominantly, uh, you know, Jewish or they're, um, you know, or they may be made up of people of, you know, different, you know, racial groups and so forth, or they may be all women or they may be all men. And, you know, and it's just when you go into those uh, type of cultures, it's important to understand if you fit in or not. I mean, some of them are very intellectual and, you know, and not every attorney is intellectual and others are, um, you know, made up of men that really like sports. And, you know, so if, if you're going to be comfortable someplace in advance, you're going to have to share the, the culture to, to, to some extent or be comfortable trying to fit into that culture because, you know, people are, you know, all law firms are tribes and they're, uh, you know, and there are groups of people. And, you know, and I think if you don't fit in there, uh, you know, you won't do well. I mean, can you think of uh, instances where you fit in very well with a firm and haven't fit in very well with the place where you've tried to work? Well, I can recall on several occasions, there's a bit of a dichotomy in the radio business between public radio and what's called private radio. Right. And I've worked for both over the years. And without fail, when I would interview for one after coming from the other, they would say, well, you've been working in, in public radio. Do you think you're going to be capable of working in private radio? And you'd have to come up with- That's a good point. It, it, it's true. Um, uh, at the end of the day, I kind of think it's it's all kind of the same stuff. You're still just talking into a microphone at the end of the day. There is a certain cultural thing for sure. But nevertheless, you try to illustrate that, no, 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 I'm one of you, right? Because there is this sense that, you know, the public radio people were aliens or something. So you had to illustrate, no, no, I've worked in private radio as well uh, and try to um, ensure that you uh, appear to be uh, like them. And, and I wonder to what degree a person before they're even in, interviewed, maybe even before they apply for a job, can do a little bit of background research, a little bit of uh, intelligence gathering so that they they come in kind of armed with, with some knowledge about the place they're going into. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, and I think you, uh, you know, you, you always can get a real sense, you know, when you walk in and, you know, how the, the people are, you know, the, how they're acting and, um, you know, and so forth. And, you know, and it's just, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's funny when I first came out to Los Angeles uh, to interview with law firms, I interviewed with this firm in uh, downtown Los Angeles. They're no longer there, but it's called Heller Ehrman. And it's a, it was a great firm, but, you know, I was from the Midwest and it's very you know conservative in the Midwest. And I got in there and it was all these men and, you know, wearing like, you know, tight jeans and tight T-shirts with um, one of them was wearing leather pants with, you know, uh, yeah. And with cigarettes and, and a lot of them had cigarettes on their, uh, you know, desk, like American Spirit and all these kind of brands, that I guess were hipster brands that I'd never even seen. And it was just like the, the most foreign thing in the world. And and I didn't get an offer there. And they said, when I didn't get an offer, they said, we don't think you'd fit in. And I was just like, wow, you know, that's, um, 
you know, it's real honest. And I, maybe they were right. I mean, these guys were just so cool uh, <laughs> their own way. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't want the Midwest Square around the place, I guess. Yeah, but it's and I think that's a good example you made of like public versus private radio because. I remember my first uh, summer when I was in law school, I was working in the Justice Department in Washington, D.C., and, this, and there's all these different divisions, but the people I was working with were kind of very frumpy, and uh, they weren't, like, smooth and well-dressed, and, uh, you know, they didn't, you know, they drove kind of old cars and stuff, and then I would see these attorneys, and there's nothing wrong with any of that, but I would see these attorneys from the law, big law firms nearby, and they were always, like, dressed in these beautiful suits and, like, seemed so confident and, you know, were standing upright and... Um, you know, and that, that just to me seems something I was more interested in, you know, being part of part of that than that, you know, that culture than the other. So you just have to kind of see what's right for you and get a sense. But, you know, I think like you said, I mean, it, you know, you have to fit in wherever you're going. And you, you kind of have to think strategically, don't you? And if this is hard, especially if you're just coming out of school or you find yourself suddenly out of work, a little desperation can set in and you just do a shotgun approach, kind of applying for everything that's out there. Mm. But I think if you really kind of calm down a little bit, start to think strategically, start to think about where you need to go and where you're going to fit in correctly, you're going to have a lot more success and not going to fall into that trap of a applying for a bunch of jobs you were probably never going to get anyway. And then the disappointment that comes along with that when you don't get those jobs, um, it, it, easier, easier said than done, especially like I said, when the panic sets in, if you're without a job, but thinking strategically, I think is always important, especially when it comes to this. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Can we talk about um, understanding like, what the employer wants from you? Not always easy to get into uh, the other person's shoes. But I mean, as a manager, you really want to be able to manage someone to know that they, these people are manageable as when you're doing your hiring, uh, how do you glean that from someone in an interview question? How do you uh, try to determine whether or not this person is going to be, you know, able to work inside the system that you've created for, at the company? Well, you know, other, every job has, you know, different types of roles, but you know, for the most part, I mean, everybody needs to be managed. I mean, you know, I know a guy that, uh, you know, I mean, recently made, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars when he sold his company. And but it really wasn't even his company. I mean, it was uh, he started it with all these venture capitalists and then all these people had invested money. And he just, you know, by the time it was sold, like, you know, he owned maybe 25 percent of it. But it was still like a big sale. And even Jeff Bezos, I mean, you know, for the longest and still, I mean, he only owns, you know, 20 percent of Amazon, as you know, so and he's the richest man in the world. So everybody works for someone else for the most part. So obviously, you know, Jeff Bezos needed to be managed. Um, the guy that started WeWork that's been in the news lately, you know, an example, of, you know, even though he was worth hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, and started, I mean, he was worth billions at one point. Uh, he, he was fired from his job because he couldn't be managed. So everybody needs to be managed by someone. And uh, the, the biggest, you know, problem is when a law firm's interviewing you, you know, if you start talking about the fact that you know how things are done and you start looking like you can't take direction or you won't learn, um, or if any company's interviewing you and they, they're coming up with that, then I think it can be very problematical. I mean, have you ever had an experience of when you were young of not being able to be managed or? I think so, especially as being a young uh, young person in the media. You know, I started really young. I started when I was 20 years old, wow. 19, 20 years old, my very first jobs. And I, I don't know if you recall being a 19 or 20 year old man, yeah. but uh, not being uh, super able to be managed was was a big problem. And it, it you know, it, it created problems for me. Um, and it took a long time, you know, into my mid twenties before 
I don't know if the testosterone starts to drain out of your body a little bit and you can start to think clearly and stop thinking you're the greatest thing in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, that everyone needs to fall in line behind you. And I'm glad I learned that lesson. It happened for me when I actually made it to kind of the the big time radio, as it were, in a bigger market Uh or a major broadcaster. And I quickly realized I wasn't nearly as smart as I thought I was. And, And it was a great lesson. I mean, it was very, I was somewhat chasing for a couple of years after it, but it was a, it was a really important lesson to, to learn. But, you know, some people never learn that lesson, do they? Um, they can go right in through into their middle age thinking that they are the smartest one in the room and that they don't have to listen to anybody. And it can be extremely detrimental to their careers. Yeah. And it's all, it can be about all about their ego and they think they know what they're doing and other people are wrong and they're smarter than, you know, people that are, you know, that know more than them or have more experience. And, you know, and the thing is, is like when people think they're smarter, you actually may be smarter than than someone, uh, but you may be smarter in one area. But, you know, if somebody's been doing a job 15 years longer than you and you think you're smarter than them, well, you're probably not because you haven't been doing the job as long. Can you talk a little bit about um, emphasizing that you're going to be there for a long time? Um, I think a lot of people make this mistake when they're in an interview where they are referencing the fact that this is just like a stepping stone to some other bigger and greater plan that they have. This seems like such an obviously dumb thing to do in an interview, but um, you mentioned it here in this uh, blog post that you wrote recently. So it is often, often uh, it must have happened enough to you that uh, you wanted to mention it. Can you talk about that, about trying to emphasize that, uh, no, you're really going to be sticking around here for the long term? Because the, the last thing an employer wants is to hear that you're going to be out, out the door in 18 months. Yeah. Or, you know, even, you know, a lot, the, the thing is, is like, um, you know, everybody wants, you know, the, the most important thing really, rather than, you know, being very brilliant and being able to be kind of a flash in the, in the pan at something, you know, being able to do something over the long term is, is important to employers. And they want to feel like, you know, you're going to be committed and invested in the job. And if you're not committed and invested in the job, then, you know, you're not going to do a good job. So, you know, one thing I've always seen is when somebody is getting ready to, to leave a job uh, for the first, you know, when you can start telling it when the quality of their work slips and then the amount of work that they're doing slips and then, you know, their ability to point out things and, you know, just basically do all around their best work slips and it slips for some period of time. If, if they're not committed, it'll slip like right away um, or it could start slipping after a year. But the problem is, is anytime somebody isn't committed to doing something in the long term, the, the employer is not going to get the best work out of them and they're not going to be committed. So, you know, one of the things like law, law firms, for example, love it when people buy houses and when they get married and have kids because they know that the person can't go anywhere and they're going to need to keep working. And, you know, so committing to something for the long term is important for employers. And the other thing, reason that it's important is because, you know, they're going to be training you to do something. So if somebody's training you, they don't want to put in all this effort and time training you and making sure you improve and keep improving and improving if you're just going to take all those skills and leave. So it's important, you know, to be able to do the job long term for employers. So, you know, my takeaway from this is that you really want to concentrate on answering the questions like, uh, how do you see yourself? Are you capable of doing the jobs? Uh, you know, are, are you identifying or can you identify with the people at this firm? Are you focused? How long are you likely going to last in this position? Can you follow directions? Are you going to get along well with others? I mean, if you think about those just as uh, the way to frame all your answers, I think you're going to be in pretty good a pretty good position for any interview. Um, and, and it's kind of surprising how few people kind of think about that before they go in, that they don't do a lot of 
prep before they even go into an interview. They just sort of wing it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, you know, anytime you're working for someone else, you have to be externally focused and it can't be about you. So, you know, you have to decide and you can, you can get a very quick sense when you walk into most employers or read about them, like what's important to them. And, you know, so anytime you make something about yourself, I mean, it's always going to, um, you know, hurt you. I mean, in terms of interviews that you've had in the past, can you think about reasons you may not have gotten the job when you interviewed? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. I think there have been a couple, um, a couple missteps, I think, uh, talking about, uh, you know, why you are, honestly, the the times that I haven't gotten jobs is the times when I didn't really want the job in the first place. Like, again, it was sort of that makes sense. It was sort of that panic that had set in and I was doing the shotgun approach, applying to too many places. Hmm. And it's kind of hard to fake it when you're in that interview setting. If you're really not enthused about the thing, if you really don't really want to go there, it kind of shines through, especially if you're talking to somebody for 30 minutes, an hour over the phone or in person, they can kind of quickly glean whether or not you actually want the thing. So you know, even before you go into the interview, you got to really know that you want this job. Um, and again, easier said than done. Sometimes you just need to get hired somewhere. But right. um, if, if you if you have the luxury, try and uh, be more strategic about where you're actually applying for, so you don't make uh, stupid errors. Because if you're really enthusiastic about something, that's going to shine through, I think, and that's obviously going to win the day. Right. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. To learn more, go to HarrisonBarnes.com.